And we're back. Nerd is a new cool podcast. I'm John. With me as always is Justin. What's up? You, you've kind of fumbled there. This is the first time you've been able to do the intro. So I know. It was, I it was different I for you. I haven't had to do it before. I just wait okay. for you to talk to me and then I start talking. But well, we've done a great job so far. Sorry for cutting you off. Continue. <clears throat> no, it's all right. Um, so we're, we're continuing our comparison kind of topic episode and we've got I'm really excited about this episode like the more I started thinking about it and the more research I was doing it I was getting more and more excited so we're choose we chose best last day of school movies and the films we chose to compare are can't hardly wait and dazed and confused and we tried to find what like best best last day of film best last day of school movies we tried to find one that the whole movie took place in one day. That was right, kind of the, 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 the guardrails that we set for ourselves. Yeah, because we could have chosen movies where the last day of school is featured, and maybe that's how the movie wraps up, or maybe that's how the movie begins. But the entire film is the last day of school. That was kind of the parameters we set. That way it yeah. narrowed it down, because otherwise it's just kind of like a, any movie that has a last day of school scene in it, we could have used. And that's, there are a lot of those. There's a lot of those. So let's get into the background of these movies because we have a lot of categories to kind of go through and, and, and break this, these two movies down. Can't Hardly Wait. According to IMDb, here's, here, this, these, these like synopses of the films are funny. It's a multi-character teenage comedy about high school graduates with different agendas on life, of life on graduation night. It's pretty accurate. It is, but it just sounds so sophisticated having seen this movie a million times. It's not that complicated. I guess maybe it can be. It debuted June 12th, 1998. And then the other film we chose was Dazed and Confused. And again, the IMDb canned description, the adventures of high school and junior high students on the last day of school in May 1976. That's putting it lightly. (laughs) Right. And it debuted on September 24th, 1993. All right, into the, <clears throat> into the categories we go. We've got a lot. First of all, rankings. Can't Hardly Wait, Rotten Tomatoes gave it a 42%. And IMDb gave, I know, IMDb gave it a 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes, come on. Step your, be- step your game up, Rotten Tomatoes. That's you're, way more than a 42. You're better than that. Days and Confused, 92% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 7.6 on IMDb. So even though we don't agree with the Rotten Tomatoes ranking, I still think we got to give Days Confused the edge here with rankings, right? Yeah, I get I get why it's a high. I understand why it's a higher and more critically acclaimed film. Totally, absolutely. Right. Yeah. All right, writer and director. This is going to be a little bit. Actually, this isn't going to be that hard either. Can't really wait. The director is Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont. Actually, those two people were both wrote and directed it. And they are known for, as a team, actually having done Josie and the Pussycats, Leap Year, and, let's not forget, a very Brady sequel. <laughs> and Days and Confused, we have Richard Linklater, who did Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, Before Midnight, The Newton Boys, another combination with Matthew McConaughey, A Scanner Darkly, and Boyhood. I think, I mean, the winner, obviously, with this one is is Linklater. I mean, just with Boyhood alone, and then all of these before Sunrise, before Sunset, 
those have Ethan Hawke in them, and people are just obsessed with those films. And I kind of heard of, and I kind of, you haven't heard of them? Oh, well, they're like romantic. I don't even know what they're about. I haven't seen all of them. I haven't seen any of them actually. A Scanner Darkly, I like that one too. That one's a creepy movie. Have you ever seen that one? No, Um, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen. I, no, I think I probably saw the Newton Boys at one point in time in my life, but that's the only one of these that I saw. Yeah, Scanner Darkly. I'm pretty sure that was featuring Robert Down. No, I'm sorry, Keanu Reeves. And it's like a, it's like half. It looks like it's drawn in. Looks like a cartoon, but it but it's very realistic. I'm not I'm not doing it very good justice, but that's what that's what a Scanner Darkly is. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. So. Linklater wins that Linklater, one. Days, yeah. Days of Confused wins that one. All right, now we're into the main characters. We got Ethan Embry in Can't Hardly Wait. He plays Preston Myers. I know him the most from That Thing You Do, but he's also in Vegas Vacation. Charlie Corsmo mm-hmm. plays William Lichter. And I think we all know him from Hook. What about Bob? He was like a really up-and-coming child star. Yeah, this is like post-child star. Seth Green I mean, he plays Kenny Fisher. <laughs> Austin Powers, Italian job. A big, big, big from it's Robot Chicken. Everybody should know Seth Green by now. What did I say? Did I say Austin Green? No, you no. said Seth Green. Oh, I'm Seth Green. Okay. Every, right. Everybody should know who that is. Yes, it's Seth Green. <laughs> Lauren Ambrose plays Denise, and she is fantastic, especially in Six Feet Under. And if you haven't seen that show yet, Lambert, go I've home today and watch show. it. Oh, man. Oh, that's freaking great. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I definitely had a crush on her. This is around the time where we're in high school. Didn't? We're the same age, right? She plays <laughs> Amanda. And she, I mean, I know what she did last summer. Also in Sister Act 2, if you didn't know I, that. Well, And I looked her up and she's two years older than us. Yeah. She was so, like, She was 19 when she did this film. I'm just saying. They're still they're saying there's a chance. <laughs> and there's a chance. Peter Fascinelli, he plays Mike Dexter. And he's from the Twilight films and also Nurse Jackie. Mm-hmm. Pretty good cast. What about Days of Confused? Pretty good cast. Days of Confused. This, this is going to be a tough choice. Days of Confused has uh, Jason London as Randall Pink Floyd. Uh, he, had, he has a ton of credits to his name, but probably most things you've never heard of. Uh, if you have heard of Tu Wong Vu, Thanks for Everything, Julie Newmar with... Who was that? Wesley Snipes, Patrick Swayze, and John Leguizamo and Drag. Yeah. <laughs> he was in that. Um, you may be confusing him with his twin brother, Jeremy, who was in Mallrats. That was not Jason. That was Jeremy London. I even made that mistake because I was like, wait, he was in Mallrats. No, he was not. That was his brother. I made that mistake a lot. <laughs> it also stars Wiley Wiggins as Mitch again. Some things, you know, he has 12 credits to his name and nothing you would have heard of. You would have heard of him nothing since 2013. Sasha Jensen as Donnie or Don. He was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Rory Cochran as Slater, who was in Argo, also in Empire Records and also Black Mass. So both of these movies are tough because they are they're really kind of true ensemble casts, especially Daisy Confused. It's hard to, I mean, honestly, if we wanted to narrow this down as far as like main characters, it might just be Pink and Mitch. And, but, but, but the rest of the characters are in it so much, it was really hard to do. And same thing with Can't Hardly Wait. Like, yeah, the story I mean, really evolved. Like for, for Days of Confused, it really does revolve around like from the, from the high school level, it's Pink. And from the junior high level, it's Mitch. But then, yeah, Can't Hardly Wait, it's, 
I, 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 I picked the characters that, that got a, one of those quick bios at the beginning of the movie. Those are the characters I thought were the main characters in Can't Hardly Wait. Right. And I would probably argue that it's, it's probably more about Preston, Amanda, probably mm-hmm. William, and then I don't know about Kenny or Denise because they kind of like pair like it like Mike's a prominent part of the film, but I don't know yeah, if but, it necessarily revolves around him. No, it doesn't. But yeah, but he's a main character. I like think the story doesn't Ken, revolve around him. The story really Ken, revolves around Kenny and Amanda, or I'm sorry, Preston and Amanda. Yeah, but there's a whole storyline about Kenny and yeah, Denise yeah, getting it together. Get it. So anyway, anyway, both are ensemble casts. I'm going Ken Harlow with this one. I think those those six, I think that they they outshine the other main characters from Days Confused, quite frankly. And I would agree with you. Like if we're taking just this group, because we're going to get into the secondary characters in a second, I think we're just going to take this group. I agree. It's got to right. be Ken Harley Wait. Ken Harley Wait wins. Secondary characters going to be a lot harder. Can't hardly wait. Freddie Rodriguez, he plays jock number three. He's also in Six Feet Under. Jamie Presley plays one of the girlfriends at, you know, My Name is Earl. She's very talented. Mm-hmm. And, and then, actually, Jenna Elfman, I put in here as, as a secondary character because she's in it a lot. At least, in like the, she's in like a huge part of the end of the film. But she's actually un- uncredited, believe it or not. Well, and, and, and she, it's an important turning point of the film to the story like where right. she steps in technically well yeah it makes preston like reassess what's he really doing and not really in a good way but it makes him like realize i gotta move on she plays the angel and she's from Darman and greg and also ed tv which is actually a pretty good movie mm-hmm. and she was also in um friends with benefits too with uh, yes she was you're right sister. Dazed and Confused, again, we're talking ensemble cast, so there's a lot of them. We had Joey Lauren Adams as Simone, who is in Chasing Amy, Mallrats, and also Big Daddy. Mia Jovovich as Michelle. She was in one of my favorite movies, The Fifth Element, and then also all of the Resident Evil films. Sean Andrews as Pickford. You probably wouldn't recognize anything that he was in, and he hasn't been in anything since 2012. Yeah, Adam Goldberg is Mike, who is in Saving Private Ryan, and then also the Fargo television show. He he's gotten a lot into like producing and writing too. Goldberg, not yeah, Goldberg. Okay. Um, Marissa Rabisi, who is Giovanna Rabisi's twin sister, as Cynthia. Uh, again, lots of random credits. Nothing since two thousand three. Uh, Anthony Rapp is Tony, who was in the Rent movie and also Adventures in Babysitting. Cole Hauser as Benny, who is in Goodwill Hunting and also Yellowstone. And Michelle Burke as Jody, who was also in, she was actually one of the Coneheads in Conehead and in Major League Two and in a bunch of other random things as well. I, I got to say about Michelle Burke, how did she not become just one of the biggest stars in, in movie in movies at the time. I mean, she was in Coneheads and Major League Two. And then this, those are three giant films all like in a row. And then she just stopped doing things or at least she stopped doing, she stopped, start, stopped getting those roles. And I don't get it. I think she's the best looking girl in the whole movie. In the whole movie. I think she that's probably is too. Yeah. Yeah. Not that that's what, I mean, okay. It did have to be based on looks, but I'm saying as far as Hollywood casting, she kind of had it all. She can act. She had the looks and she had the age. It's surprising to me. 
I'm sorry. I, I just went on a random tangent. I'm I'm sad. I'm sad that she wasn't in more things is what we're, I'm saying. We're sad for Michelle Burke. I'm sad for Michelle Burke. She did okay. I'm sure she's not, you know, going without. I'm sure she's fine. Okay. So as far as best secondary characters, listen, I I think that the thing the it's this is really hard, but it's kind of like a I don't I don't know how to I don't know how to pick because I think that all both of these secondary character casts they're well-known names. I mean Jenna, Jamie Presley and Jenna Elfman, people know them, but also people know Joey Lauren Adams, Adam Goldberg, Anthony Rapp especially if you're in the musicals. I mean huge in Rent. Mia Jovovich. Oh yeah, yeah, of course Mia Jovovich. Yeah, I, I don't know how I even skip past that. What do you, what, what do you think? What's your pick? I think it's probably got to be uh Daisy Confused. Let's do it. There's more days of confused. I, I'm I, I agree, and I, I think that if we're splitting hairs here, Mia, Mia Jovich is probably the number one on this whole list. I would imagine. I would, as far as notoriety, as far as box office draw, money she's yeah. made. Yeah, I mean, just definitely. the Resident Evil, just the Resident Evil movies alone, just mm-hmm. just printing checks, and then Joey Lauren Adams. I think that she kind of maybe splits it with Jenna Elfman. Yeah, okay. We're going Days of Confused. Days of Confused. All right. Deep cut characters. Characters that just kind of pop in and out. Aren't major characters, but have some pretty good good one-liners or good scenes. First of all, in, in Can't Hardly Wait, these three characters are all un- uncredited. We got Jerry O'Connell, who plays Trippin' Dealey. And we know him from Stand By Me, other things. Melissa Joan Hart is the yearbook girl. And she's from Sabrina and Clarissa explains it all. And then Brecken Meyer is the lead singer. Anyone order a, what's the name of their band? Love Burger. Anyone order a Love Burger? Well done. That's Brecken Meyer. Clueless, Road Trip. So they're all unaccredited. Here's some other characters that are credited. Jason Siegel. This is his first film. He plays the watermelon guy. The stoned watermelon guy. <laughs> I like that dude. I like that. Yeah, Preston. Preston. <laughs> We've gone into length about Jason Segel and all of his accomplishments. He's, he's been in plenty of things. Yes. Donald Faison, one of my favorites from Scrubs. I mean, he's amazing from Scrubs. He's the drummer in the band. Selma Blair makes an appearance. Mike's hitting on her. We know Selma Blair from Cruel Intentions and The Sweetest Thing. And then also we've got Clea Duvall, who is from Veep and Handmaid's Tale. So a lot, who of, was, lot of... Who was she? Who was Clea uh, Duvall? I... I, I I don't, I don't know who Clea Duvall is, and that's why I'm asking that question. Because yeah, I don't know. I couldn't. I, I'm actually, I'm actually. I don't. I don't know if she's like really a big character. Hold on. Oh, that's right. She's one of the girls that um, that what's her name is is hit, is hitting. What's his name is hitting on um, Seth Green. Oh, okay. I gotcha. One of the one of the many. <laughs> yes, one of the many. And again, she goes, "I'm allergic." The dancing? Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right. Days, so, days and Confused. This is, oh, is going to be hard. <laughs> days and Confused. This is going to be hard because the list isn't, it's not as long, but it's pretty distinguished. Uh, we have Ben Affleck as O'Banion, and it's Ben Affleck. Yeah, he's been in a ton of movies. Parker Posey as Darla. Who was in Superman Returns, Josie and the Putzikets, Scream Three, and probably plenty of other things. And then the man himself, Matthew McConaughey, as Wooderson. 
And yeah, it's Matthew McConaughey. He's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. I, so th- there are definitely more deep cut characters from Can't Hardly Wait. But if, if we're talking just pure star power, I mean, if you got Ben Affleck and Matthew McConaughey, I mean, if they're, if they're coming off the bench, I mean, that's, that's, well, like, the be- that's like the best sixth was- and seventh men ever. Well, and this was the breakout role for McConaughey. Yeah. This kind of started his career. Right. And that's, it's, it's interesting. I and mean, you can tell he really gives, like, he pays homage to it when he was getting, um, he won an Oscar. Oscar. Yeah. Says, all, said, right, all, right, all right. All right. Yeah. Like if that doesn't say like, I'm good for him for recognizing his roots. This is kind of where it all began, which is interesting, but awesome. I, I we got to go days confused. I think we've probably got to go days confused too. Just from a, a quality perspective. I, I do enjoy like, again, you, you look back at can't hardly wait. This is, this is Jason Siegel's first film. Jason Siegel's no, no slouch. And they wanted to cast, they wanted to give him a bigger role, but they didn't have one for him. So they just said, well, we got to get this guy in here. So we'll just make him the watermelon guy. I think that if we had done this rating in, let's say the early two thousands, I think can't hardly wait gets it because at the time, Donald Faison, Selma Blair are two of the biggest ones in, in there out there. Most of Joan Hart, even Brecken Meyer coming off Clueless and, and Road Trip. Oh, Road Trip. Love that movie. So I think we're t- if we're talking early 2000s, <clears throat> we'll probably going Can't Hardly Wait. But as of now, the way it's panned out with Affleck and McConaughey, got to go Dazed and Confused. Yep, I agree. Okay. Favorite scenes. There are quite a quite a few great scenes in this and we'll, we'll try and get to them pretty quickly but starting with can't hardly wait i personally like the beginning when he's talking about his connection with amanda and at the whole the whole pop tart connection the reminiscing the flashback scene yeah the flashback scene and he says what does she pull out of her bag but same the very same pop breakfast treat i was enjoying or whatever he says something like yeah. that yeah just, and and it's i like it because you can totally relate that with any type of you know young love being a romantic <laughs> You, Absolutely. You little things like that. You're like, oh yeah, we yeah. have these connections because You're she was wearing desperately blue. trying to connect the dots. Right. Somehow, some way. It's like I'm I'm meant to be with her. And this is why. You're grasping at straws. I don't care. Right. Look at look at the evidence. It's there. <laughs> it's written in the stars. Talking about flashback, this next scene with Will oh, reminiscing well, about all Dexter's bullying. And I used to be able to do this whole quote. But he says, working, you want to start it at a work? Well, so he, he starts talking about his rainforest. He was like, my dad was like his eighth grade science project, my, a working rainforest. It rains here no more. <laughs> yeah. Mike Dexter. Beat- <laughs> I had to wear it for a month because I, because Mike Dexter beat me in the eye with a raisin. My parents took me to a 3D film festival. I saw no third dimension. <laughs> and who can forget the pudding incident? I know no one else has. <laughs> he pulls up underwear. Anyway, I mean, that, that whole scene. What's so great about this movie with Ken Harley Wait is that in a matter of the first, let's say, 10 minutes of the film, you already know the characters and how they relate to one another just by like simple staging of like the background, like their backgrounds, like with their, with their yeah. playing cards explaining all the clubs they're in and their quote and things like that you already kind of know what type of high school you know character they're going to play and then scenes like this of how they all kind of interconnect with one another you don't have to do this whole character development it's kind of done really easily and i love it no yeah it was it was done it was done really really well where they didn't and i think 
it, read an article about this the other day and it was it, they even commented on that they were like it just you didn't spend a lot of time building the background like you just got a quick and dirty and then like not only do you understand these characters but like you kind of understand like who you're gonna who you start to latch onto during the film like <laughs> is it is it mike or yeah. is it the nerd or is it the outcast or is it the the homecoming queen or is it just you know preston who is just kind of the everyday man like kind of good at some stuff but not not great not terrible just kind of except that i guess he's a good writer and that's about it right okay so the first time next scene the first time william drinks beer for the first time ever nobody drink the beer the beer has gone bad tastes all right to me oh all right yeah oh yeah (laughs) and then he starts chugging it yeah yeah and then he just gets drunk I think the well, band disagreement is, is, is oh, sorry, did you want to say something about that? I was going to say, going back to the beer thing, I mean, but that's, you didn't drink beer in high school because it tasted good. Right. I do remember thinking when I started drinking beer and it was earlier than, than, well, I don't, I can admit it was like middle school. And I remember thinking, this is not very good. Why do people do this? Yeah. <laughs> I can Let's remember drink. I, well, yeah. When I had a Sam Adams the first time, I was like, oh my God, I'm yeah. going to die. Like, yeah. Who would ever drink this? Let's drink that cream de menthe. That's much peppermint schnapps. That's way better tasting for sure. Band disagreement was a big scene for me. I think that's amazing. And they're, they're, about, they're about to play. They never actually play any music. And then they start arguing about the hat. And they start, he gets to wear, the, wear shirt. the shirt. Don't I, I, wear the shirt. I'm going to wear the hat. You're in. Those are for the fans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which is funny because I, I mean, I say that to go, like, if you go to a concert, like, don't wear that concert shirt while you're at, don't be that guy. Well, that's from that's from PCU for those of you that don't know that. Totally is, but it's funny. This is kind of happening in a different in a different lens. Okay, Seth Green. This the scene with Seth Green. Oh, baby, no, please. <laughs> you are far too fine to it's be so sad. so sad. You tell hey, Spencer so, K what he can do. Yeah, and then he has to go upstairs. He's got his treasure trove of of sex toys and. I mean, it's just so ridiculous, all the things he has the, in there. He's got the candles, he's got breath mints, he's got oils, he's got condoms, he's got, I don't yeah. even know what else he had in there. He's like, he's like prepping himself, and then... We had a Kama Sutra book. Yeah, that was... Cool. <laughs> Kama Sutra book, he's practicing, and then he gets locked in there. That whole, that whole build-up to that is pretty great. It's just terrible. <laughs> um, I, I also really like the... It's, it's kind of a combination of scenes, but when Dexter's trying to get all of his buddies to break up with with their girlfriends and they're and he, they just won't do it because one one of the various, one of the one of the various one, yeah one of the girlfriends is his her parents are going out of town and they got that's freddie rodriguez's girlfriend and they got they got a they got a mirror on the on the ceiling they got mirrors on the ceiling yeah tickets to pearl jam <laughs> like there's so reasons why they can't break up with the girls front row man front row tickets i get it those are all good reasons not to break up when's the concert august Honestly, <laughs> keep in mind it's May. Mm-hmm. So I, I, the next scene I had was was the the floating around of the letter that he's written, and it's like it's on people's shoes. It's getting stuck in gum. It's getting walked on through keg. on the keg around rolls, and then all of a sudden it pops into the bowl in front of in front of uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt. I, I just think that's a fu- it's a fun little silly high school movie. Yeah, it know. had to it had to make its way to her somehow and yeah yeah 
Um, the next scene I had was the the whole rocking out to Paradise City. Where, where great and it's kind of a back and forth here there's two parts of it that i love it's the paradise city on the inside you've got this dichotomy of them inside him saying i can't feel my legs the guy going it's my greatest mind in my life that the person that will tutors and gets hit in the head with a bottle and then it flashes to outside and the two nerds are sitting there with flashlights like talking about the universe and and no, about they're doing lightsabers there. oh they're doing lightsabers <laughs> right they're doing lightsabers I just think that whole, that whole Luke back and forth. Push, Luke doesn't push Vader. Well, he should have. He just chopped his hand off. <laughs> that's that's what it is. yeah. <laughs> and it's so dark up here. <laughs> like they're scared of the dark. I wonder. I wonder how William's doing in there. And then I think that's when it cuts to the scene where it's. Yeah. He. I think he just did a shot. He just did a shot off some girl's body, and he said, "I can't feel my legs. I have no legs." Yeah, yeah. Um, the next scene I had was the whole jennifer love hewitt trying to figure out who preston is and asking questions and and then she's recapping it and he says <laughs> says so let me get this straight this is this he is wears siegel this is the yeah. siegel scene he wears t- what he says he says he has hair oh he's kind of tall he's kind of tall kind of he has hair <laughs> yeah and he wears t-shirts sometimes. sometimes yeah that that's him yeah. man that's Preston. That's Preston. <laughs> Preston. I like that. Man. I like that dude. I, I, I'm a big fan of that scene because it's so stupid. It's just a good scene, and like, and Jason Siegel's just doing God knows what to watermelon. Like, and everyone's ha- yeah, person. yeah. Everyone's had those kind of moments with their drunk or stoned friend where you're like, I don't even know what the hell you're talking you're talking about. You make no sense at all. Uh, that's pretty great. Um, yeah. So. The whole scene of, and this is, this, is a, this is a line that I say a lot, not because I'm really going to do this, but because it's just funny. Mike Dexter trying to get back to, with, with Amanda, Amanda, and then he's Amanda. like, come on, we, sh- we should really get together. Somebody, it's, it's just, who's going to like you, Amanda? Somebody, somebody, more like nobody, am I right? And no, one is, no one's with Dexter in this one. Everyone is like, you're the worst. And then he says, I'll kick everyone's ass in this yeah. room. And they start laughing at him. And then he says, I'll kick everyone's yeah. ass in this room. That's the line I say a lot. Again, not well, I'm sure I'm every, and I'm sure every, per, every, every woman named Amanda has been called Amanda at one point in time because yeah. of this movie. Definitely our age group, for, I, would, I would assume. D- yeah, definitely. I really love when Mike and William finally become friends. They find each other. William has this devious plan to... to you know, screw up Mike's life and take these Polaroids and whatever that we find out about later. Well, but yeah, and it's everybody po- laughing at him and like William like sees his opening. It's like, oh, he's vulnerable. I gotta go. I gotta go find him. I gotta. And they're becoming friends. Now's my, and it, now's my time. And I'm not sure if you noticed this, but when I watched it a couple nights ago, one of the songs is playing in the background while they're like hugging. Is I'll make love to you. <laughs> when Mike hugs when, William. When yeah. Mike hugs everybody William. Was laughing yeah. at me. Yeah. You remember that time when I. When you were about to make that really important speech, and I tripped you, and you fell, and everyone laughed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry about that. When was that again? When, that was this morning at graduation. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't even. And then the cops show up, and and Will's playing. He's playing uh, the piano. It's it's like this dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. So at the end of the film, I think is pretty great. It does this. I, I guess I should have said one of my favorite parts of the movie is 
is the intro with everyone's playing cards and you've got like for example seth green's character kenny his quote is from tupac and and he says and and as far as participation he's played one game in jv basketball (laughs) like that's all he's done (laughs) meanwhile will yeah and one i like i like uh I like Denise's, where it's a true friend will stab you in the front. <laughs> right. Yeah. And and Lickner's is this giant list of a thousand things that he's involved with. And he's and he's going to Harvard and he his going quote to Harvard. Was, it was a quote from Einstein about basically great minds have to deal with lesser minds. Essentially. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing. And that's why I like the end of it when it wraps it back up with what happens to everyone does the same thing. I think that was a good way to kind of, you know, here's what everyone's doing. Um, William's a software engineer dating a supermodel. Dexter's been fired from his job at a car wash. At a car wash, <laughs> like after some racing you know, photos. Surface. Yeah, yeah, because he totally peaked in high school. And then, of course, another good scene if you're if you're a hopeless romantic is the final train scene where mm-hmm. Amanda and Preston finally meet, and then they just kind of kiss. Which you know, I, it kind of it's it's a it's a fun little thing. I don't think they would really be kissing in that circumstance, but it's a good scene nonetheless. I don't know. I, I, Maybe. Honestly, it 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 depends, and nobody knows. I don't know what's uh, in that letter. I, w- I want to know what's in that letter. Exactly. No one knows what's in that letter. Yeah. Um. And I was reading, you know, doing research on this and reading, you know, interview with Ethan Embry, and he said, "I don't know, and I don't care." what was in that letter yeah I think, I think that's what's good about it so if i'm picking my favorite scene there's so many to choose from i'm actually choosing the william talking about all of dexter's bullying moments that's a pretty good one just and, and i, I should have said the quote that leads into that is that the, that the you know dexter's buddies going mike, mike dexter's a god mike, mike dexter's dexter, a role model mike dexter mike, is an asshole is an asshole and then that leads into his playing card and then all of the bullying incidents. That's my, that's my favorite scene. What about you? I don't know, man. There's a lot of good, I mean. Just pick one. Stop it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to choose the, what happened to everybody at the end, because I think it, it kind of sums up everything nicely with a close second being the final train scene, just because I think anybody who's been in a high school relationship can kind of relate to that, like puppy love almost. And that's kind of what it, I mean, it's, let's call a spade a spade. That's what it is. But you know, seeing what happens to everybody, like with Kenny and Denise breaking up five minutes later and then getting back together 10 minutes later. And then, you know, Mike peaking in high school and, you know, William end up being the most successful one out of all of them. And that's, you know, valuable lessons of not judging a book by its cover and you know high school doesn't define who you are yeah good lessons learned it really wrapped it up well it was a positive ending happy ending i like that too all right days confused what are some days confused um right off the bat uh this is like five minutes in where they're and it's very short making the where benny's making the paddle and then slater and one of his you know, stoner friends are making a bong in shop class while the teacher is just literally snoring there. And then I actually caught this just recently or when I was watching it the other day. Next to Slater and them making a bong, there's a guy making basically a wood sign and it's a marijuana leaf. Yeah. Yep. And, then, 
and then Slater's comment because it's it's it refers to Zeppelin, uh, where he says, you know, I ain't believing that sh- that shit about Bonham. Bonham's one hour drum solo. One hour drums, you couldn't handle that shit on Strong Acid, man. Because <laughs> he yeah. would referencing our Zeppelin episode, yeah, he would take extended drum solos, especially during Moby Dick. Um, the speech outside the school where Benny and Don and Pink go to the middle school and it's Benny speaking on his microphone on <laughs> on his truck. He says, you come okay, out now. You, okay, all you freshmen, Fox, listen up. <laughs> you and come out teacher, now, you get one paddle from each thing. of us. <laughs> yeah, the you run like cowards and it's open season all summer long, boys. And then right. they, they eventually call out Mitch because Julie who is their friend in high school said, take it easy on my brother. And of course, what are guys going to do when you say, Oh, take it yeah. easy on him. No, we're going to go twice as hard. Yeah. You can't, you can't pick staying up for your little brother there in that instance. I Love think, I, I think, I think if you have a, if you're, a, I mean, not to be sexist, but if you're a guy and you have a younger brother, I'm always speaking from circumstance. I think that my friends weren't as big bullies on Matt as maybe if it was a different kind of dynamic there. Well, and it helped a, you were still in school. Yeah, well, yeah. He was a freshman. We were seniors. But that. Right? But I'm saying that's the same age gap here. She was going to be a senior, and he was going to be uh, a freshman. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. Um, again, Don talking to the student outside class, where they're, you know, him and Benny are talking, or him and him and Pink are talking, and then he's he's like, oh, let me see, what, what do you got going on there? What do you what do you got going on there? And he's talking to a girl, trying to convince her to go get naked, and then he starts hitting on the teacher, and the teacher just <laughs> kind of. Pats him on the head, yeah. like, "All right, children, run along <laughs> right. now, run along." Mm-hmm. Um, going back to junior high, uh, when Mitch and his friends try asking their teacher, the same one who was laughing during Benny's speech, to leave. <laughs> and again, one of this movie is very quotable, but this is a good one. It's like our sergeant told us before one trip into the jungle, men, fifty of you going on a mission. 25 of you ain't coming back <laughs> and they just kind of and that's all he says and then they just kind of yeah. look at him and then they, they they walk away okay so we can't go okay great <laughs> so you're saying no um one that you know there's there's nothing happening and there's nothing going on but it's just everybody like the last day of school like the kids leaving on the last day of school you see all the high school kids like they're throwing their papers in the air which never happened like that didn't happen but just it just reminds you of the good old days of like that feeling of the last day of school, you're off for three months and summer, anything can happen and you don't have to go to school anymore. And it's just it's that, that elation. Yeah. It is just utter chaos. There's just papers flying all over the place. All the lockers are open. Everyone's just running, <laughs> running for whatever reason. Like you got to get out of there right away, both high school right. and middle school. Yeah, you, it is. You have to, you have to leave. And then um, the car chasing where you have a you have a you have an eighth grader getting his brother's car and then of course high school kids you know it's it's, it's O'Banion, Mel and Benny again in their truck you know pulling up on him and how you doing boys and then there's a car chase scene and then they you know Benny gets out and he gets a shotgun pulled on him by Carl's mother <laughs> yeah I was just escorting in some there's some ruffians about I was just escorting your son's home <laughs> from school <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, some ruffians about. That was. Uh, and, go ahead. 
No, you go ahead. I was just going to say this next scene about the freshman girls getting hazed. That 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 entire scene is so ridiculous, and the fact that it's just being allowed to happen, like this is okay. I'm pretty sure it's on school property. <laughs> I think they're in the parking lot of the high school or the middle school. Absolutely, and they're just they are. they're just torturing these freshman mm-hmm. girls, pouring ketchup and mayonnaise and everything else on them, and just yelling at them and having them air raid back and forth, asking them like incredibly putting, ridiculous questions, putting, putting putting dog collars and leashes on them, and making them propose to seniors. Yeah, putting them in the and, put, and then throwing them in the back of trucks and going through car washes, like that whole. I mean, that whole <laughs> to thing. Wash all the shit off them. Yeah, right. It's so utterly ridiculous, but such and, a good scene. And some some great quotable lines from. This is Dar- when Parker Parker Posey. Parker Posey really shines in this part. Like, she she definitely shines in this part. We'll get to the quotes later. I don't want to I don't want to spoil the quotes, but there are some. She's she's dropping some pearls during a. During this scene, um, but again, you know, Mike, who is, is kind of an outcast, and you know, he said he wanted to be an ACLU lawyer, and just the conversation that he has with um, why well, Anthony Rapp's character—I can't remember his name—and then Tony, 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 and Cynthia talking about what he wants to do. Well, you don't want to be a lawyer anymore? Then what do you want to do? I want to dance. Well, yeah, just, that's, a, that's, a, that's a call back to Saturday, Saturday Night Fever, right? It's just ridiculous. Yeah. And, and then the, the entire... So they, they take a ride. They're passing around a couple joints, and then they start grabbing trash cans and destroying mailboxes. And then Mitch grabs the bowling ball and tries it. Of course, he's a freshman, tries to throw it, can't. Ends up breaking a car's rear view, you know, rear window. And then they go to the quick stop, try to get, you know, pick up some beer, get a get a gun pulled on them by one of the homeowners of the mailbox that they destroyed and then he starts he's shooting at us mm-hmm. just that that whole <laughs> sequence is just well it's utterly ridiculous but completely like it almost feels completely plausible like that would happen in texas in the 70s right no a it makes sense town Tam- in Tam- texas tampering with mailboxes is a felony offense and then they just pull off i don't call off. the police just yeah. go, man. Just go. Yeah, just go. Just floor it. The the whole getting back on the Albanian scene, like, is pretty great. The whole the whole the whole the way they lure him out there and they toss the paint on him, and he, you know he's. And you can go ahead and say his quote if you want. <laughs> oh, so they get Carl, and then well, it's all a setup and whatever. And he's like, oh, he was like, I'd like to dedicate this first lick to your mother. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then he winds yeah. up a couple times, and then he gets paint. Remember me, you pig? And he and he just smashes his. I mean, it's, and he's got a really he's got a real Mike Dexter vibe to him as well. You know, he right? totally does because he's basically he's like, what? Kick your fucking ass right now! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He'll fight anybody; doesn't matter. And and the whole taunting when he's playing pool earlier. You're the worst. You're the worst. Uh, excuse the worst for a pool player, player ever seen. Keep watching something. Keep, keep watching. You might learn something. <laughs> You're a disgrace. You should be honored that I even let you play at my table. <laughs> oh, he's, a, he's an asshole. That's for sure. Such a dick. All right. So then, <clears> and, well, then and, he is a, and he is the dumb shit that flunked. So, yeah, you know, right. 
just so we can come back and haze freshman again. So then we kind of get back to the stoners a little bit. And this is, this is this, this whole grouping again, it, it is an ensemble, but it's, it's really cleverly done. They're at the moon tower and they've climbed up this thing. And now they're having these philosophical conversations. Slater is talking about these philosophical <laughs> conversations about, um, I mean, first of all, he says, imagine how many people out there are fucking right now. Just going at it. Just going at it. <laughs> Uh, and then it gets and then and then the whole part and this kind of like tags along to it the next scene the whole thing about aliens and george washington it's so ridiculous so yeah michelle's michelle mia jovovich's character is just playing just this random song on guitar and they're talking about well, do you guys know what that song's about it's about aliens we're the aliens man we're the savages and then slater again goes off on one of his tangents talking about this country was founded by people into aliens were founded by the they were in they were in the cult and all that shit and then he goes on to start talking about george washington growing um fields of marijuana he says you ever, you ever looked at a you ever looked at a uh, uh, dollar bill, dollar bill? spooky shit going on a dollar bill and it's green too and it's green too and then i think a good a good part of the film that kind of wraps it up it's it's i mean it's almost at the very end is the whole joint on the 50 yard line with mcconaughey and and london and, and the whole gang they're well, not the whole gang, but the small gang, all the ones who want to get Aerosmith tickets, they're all together, <laughs> yeah. hanging out, hanging out on the 50 yard line. The coach shows up. I think that's interesting though, that, that if you think about the time and just even that age, <clears throat> you know, I think getting tickets to Aerosmith would be kind of maybe top priority to a lot of people. It makes sense to me. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, especially since where they, like, they were driving to Houston in the morning yeah. because they live in a small town apparently outside of houston and so that's probably the closest place that they're going to be able to see aerosmith so yeah it's worth the trip yeah and and but i do remember having to sign one of these pledges do you remember doing that in school i don't i don't know it, it wasn't a pledge it was like a i am not going to smoke i'm not going to use any tobacco products or drink it, we, we had to sign one of those things i know we did and maybe it was just like a code of conduct for athletes and it, did, it had a whole bunch of other stuff in there too. I think it was, it definitely, was but, it, but it was, it, th- th- those were definitely in there. I remember those lines being in there. It clearly did not mean anything to the varsity soccer team that I was. Well, that's what I'm saying. It didn't mean anything. It was just like a, but you know, I guess pink's got some. Get it? Yeah. I mean, just like what, what Don was saying, you know, just sign it, just everybody sign it, you know, coaches are being an asshole, just sign it, forget about it. You don't have to think about it, whatever. And then he's like, right. You're going to make a big deal out of this. Aren't you? <laughs> yep. Yes, I am. All right. Favorite scene for me. And it's not because this is something that I th- I'm not saying you should do this, but I, I thought I laugh at that, that the hazing of the freshman scene so much because I don't know if I'm laughing with Parker Posey or at Parker Posey or the people that are watching it. And even the people that are like mocking it, like pink's mocking it. And he has girls that come over there and even Tony and they're like being super nice to the girls. So there are people that are not necessarily, yeah, yeah, they're, 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 they're complicit, but they're not necessarily participating. And and that's totally, that's exactly what would happen if this was a situation. Like people would be there watching it. Some people, it's kind of like hazing in college and in like, you know, in, in fraternities, it's like, yeah, we get it happens, I suppose. I'm not necessarily supporting it, but also, eh, whatever. It's not worth my time to really stop it. <laughs> I mean, it sounds terrible. That's Anyway, I like that scene a lot. That's my favorite. 
What's yours? I'm gonna uh, so along the same lines, uh, the the speech outside the school, where they mm-hmm. pull up to the school and they, you know, he's you come right here to school, right here. You only get one lick from each of us. Oh, Mitch Kramer, you know we're looking for you, pal. Like it's just. I, I don't know. I, again, I laugh every single time, especially with the teacher's reaction. Like the teacher can hear this and he just starts smiling and laughing. Like, he has a shitty right. grin on his face. He's, he's I like, can oh, imagine. You guys, are, you guys are dead. This is hilarious. I could, I could say I can empathize a little bit where if you're an eighth grade teacher and these freshmen that have probably been, or these, in, you know, these, these outgoing eighth graders. eighth graders have probably been a little challenging at times. And now they're here come these, these incoming seniors that are like, gonna give him a whooping to put him in place you know i'm sure at the time there are a lot of teachers like yeah yeah, yeah get him. you're get him. your day your day is your day yeah. has come <laughs> finally i can't do it so i can enjoy someone else doing it <laughs> exactly all right on to music let's break down some more categories i'm not sure anyone wins the best scene in those two those are those are a lot of great scenes uh, there's a lot of great scenes music can't hardly wait We've got Graduate by Third Eye Blind. Can't Get Enough of You, Baby by Smash Mouth. We've got Damn It by Blink-182. Great song. Busta Rhymes throws a song in there. Missy Elliott. we got The Parliament, Funkadelic with Flashlight. P-Funk. Run DMC with It's Tricky. Guns N' Roses, Paradise City, three, three, 311 with All Mixed Up. That song was freaking crazy back in the 90s. We even got Romeo and Juliet by the Dire Straits. And of course, let's not forget, Barry Manilow makes an appearance with Mandy. Mandy, yeah, of course. Um, Dazed and Confused. I don't even know. I don't even know if I need to name the songs. I could just name the artists. Um, just name the artists. This is like a 70s, 60s, got, 70s, like greatest hits album. Aerosmith, Deep Purple, Alice Cooper, War, Ted Nugent, the Edgar Winter Group. Bob Dylan, Black Sabbath, ZZ Top, Foghat, and Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Oh, and, 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 Pe- and Peter Frampton and The Runaways with Cherry Bomb. Listen, being a 90s kid, I, I appreciate the Can't Hardly Wait music, and there's some great songs in there. But like I said, Daisy Confused, that is, that is like a greatest hits album. If you were going to put together like a, now that's what I call music, classic rock, I mean, you're putting 75% of these songs on there. And, and, and Dazed and Confused was a soundtrack that you sought out and bought specifically for this reason. Like, again, great songs on Can't Hardly Wait, but there's it's this, this the Dazed and Confused soundtrack was full of hits. Can't Hardly Wait, I can remember where certain quotes are happening. Dazed and Confused, I can remember what scene is happening when the song plays. And I think that's telling of how important the music is. So I think we got to go. We got to go. Uh, Days and confused be, with this one. Be, it's gonna be Days and confused. Unfortunately, there's no Led Zeppelin. But hey, what can you do? We'll get into well, that later. We'll learn why in a second here. All right, obscure facts. So we're just kind of kind of go go back and forth maybe on this one. Can't hardly wait. The film takes place on Wednesday, June seventeenth, nineteen ninety eight, which is actually Barry Manilow's fifty fifth birthday. That's funny. And as we mentioned already, this is, of course, the film debut of Act. This is the film debut for Jason Siegel. And this was Charlie Corsmo's first on screen appearance since Hook because, well, he was attending MIT when he got offered the role. So he was the real life William. And apparently now he's a lawyer. He's not yeah. acting at all anymore. He's a real smart dude. 
Melissa Joan Hart was actually filming Sabrina the Teenage Witch at the time. So that's why she only took kind of a small part because she's a pretty big actress to only be the yearbook girl. She actually had to take B12 vitamins in order to stay energized during the all-night shoots and admits that Jennifer Love Hewitt was skeptical when she offered them to her because she thought she was giving her drugs. <laughs> just, just supplements. Just B12. Just a natural <laughs> way to keep yourself awake. That's not caffeine. Uh, at one point, there's a distant shot showing someone doing flips in the, part, in, the, in the yard at the party. And that's actually Ethan Embry. In addition to acting, he was an award-winning gymnast from a very young age. Talented guy. <laughs> He's also good at gambling, as we learned in Vegas Vacation. <laughs> Put, a a Put a dollar in a car. Put a dollar in a car. Put a dollar in a car. The fraternity. Well, what's it? Uh, Papa Giorgio. The Papa fraternity. <laughs> the fraternity on Trip McNeely's polo shirt is Delta Iota Kappa, or Dick for Dick. short. I'm pretty sure they used that in a different movie, too. Um, Van Wilder. Van Wilder. You didn't tell me you were a you dick. Were a dick. <laughs> Not that you had to. <laughs> the movie is based loosely on Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania, and the high school community within it where one of the directors grew up. And apparently that was also the subject of a defamation lawsuit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Some of those people. Or no, that was... No, it's confused. It's that was confused, not right. Movie. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> you may show the the kid going around stealing everything everywhere even in the final scene he steals the gumball machine out of the diner you probably recognize him from american pie because he was the shermanator yeah ethan embry admitted to vh1 in an interview that he didn't remember much about the film because he was so stoned the entire time <laughs> well yeah he's doing freaking cartwheels and flips in the in the background he's doing it all man and one more thing about Embry, he auditioned for the movie, or when he auditioned for the movie, he was originally cast as Lickner, but he turned down the part because I wanted to play the guy who gets the girl, quote. I, I can't imagine anybody but, um, what's his name, playing Lickner. I mean, he is just so great. Cosmo oh, yeah. is just so Cosmo? good. Yeah. yeah. No, he's good. Well, and then, and then one other thing just kind of, again, uh, that popped up in the Embry interview that i remember that i didn't write that i didn't write down here um the 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 final scene where they kiss jennifer love hewitt knew that i mean everybody probably knew that embryo was smoking pot the entire time actually sent a gift basket of breath mints to his trailer because she knew they had to kiss so (laughs) he wanted she wanted his breath to be fresh for the kiss that's and not that's awesome tastes like pot makes sense dazed and confused um days and confused was a flop in the box office it made just short of eight million dollars on a 6.9 million dollar budget but it has since turned into kind of a cult classic and sold a ton on vhs dvd and blu-ray yeah and so we talked about music link later spent one-sixth of the film's budget on the music rights that's a huge percentage just to be for music you think well, about I it. mean, and you look at those artists and you kind of, you kind of had to. I get it. Uh, speaking of music, according to Linklater, while the title is lifted from obviously from you know, the Led Zeppelin song of the same name, it's actually meant to accompany the idea that it takes a full decade to process your teenage years. <laughs> right. He actually originally, he, uh, he wanted this, the Zeppelin song rock and roll to play during the end credits, but he didn't get it. Page agreed plant did not 
which so you know your your knowledge of of yeah right slow right which is a good song obviously in its own right your knowledge of zeppelin this kind of makes sense that that page would say yes point would say no um well yeah especially i mean this, this was this obviously happened well after after they broke up and plant was just kind of and still to this day has just been kind of done like i mean they've they've loosened up their their stranglehold on their music rights since then but i think initially like plant was pretty plant was pretty resistant to a lot of things and whereas you know page and jones were pretty open to yeah you want to use that one sure yeah you will rematch sure yeah let's right. do it just send us that check <clears throat> no shit Claire Danes, Elizabeth Berkeley, Ashley Judd, Brendan Fraser, John Favreau, and Vince Vaughn were all considered for roles, but they didn't make the cut. And Vaughn was actually in the running to play Fred O'Banion. He, he was chose, or Affleck was eventually chosen. And I think that the reason why, and then Vaughn was in the running for other roles as well, but they didn't take him because he looked too much like Ben Affleck. So I, they didn't I, want a bunch. They don't want a bunch of Ben Affleck lookalikes running around. And I think he, I think Vince, I mean, Ben Affleck did a great job as O'Banion, but I think Vaughn could have done a good job too, because he can be that dick. Well, right. And I, and I, I would understand like why you wouldn't want Vaughn in a different role because Affleck needs to look, they all look like a certain type of person, like purposefully. Mm-hmm. And so you associate the, the Affleck look with like the bully and you associate the Slater look with like the stoner like, and that's, that's done intentionally. Right. Yeah. So McConaughey landed the role of Wooderson after a drunken chance meeting with the casting director, Don Phillips, which ended with the two of them getting kicked out of an Austin bar. <laughs> I, love, I love it. McConaughey's production company's name, JKL Productions, comes from Wooderson's life credo, just keep living. <laughs> L-I-V-I-N. Mm-hmm. Uh, the casting director, Don Phillips, was also the casting director for a notable high school film, The Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Pretty good casting for both movies, I would say. Great ensembles. Pretty good job, yeah. You may have missed Renee Zellweger, but she actually is in the film. She pops up as an unaccredited extra, and she actually walks by um, before Wooderson's famous quote, which I'm not going to say, but... High school girls, man. Yeah. Uh, Wiley Wiggins uh, shifted his career, actually, to become a successful video game designer during and after his acting career. Yeah. At least three of the characters' last names, Wooderson, Floyd, and Slater, were lifted directly from Linklater's own Huntsville High School. And as you, the aforementioned defamation lawsuit happened in 2004. According to the real Wooderson, Floyd, and Slater, the rumor resulted in an onslaught of mostly kids wanting to party with them all the time. <laughs> but the case was eventually tossed. What a terrible situation. Everyone wants to hang out with you and party with you. And I think it would be weird if a bunch of high school kids are wanting to party with you and you're like in your 30s. That would, that be, would, be, that would be awkward. That would be awkward. If that's the case. Borderline illegal. Child endangerment. Yes. Um, well, so going back to you know, the conversation that Slater was talking about Washington growing fields of that stuff, man. While Washington did in grow, did indeed grow hemp on, on Mount Vernon. Fun fact, the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper. It is not verified that he grew or smoked, 
a psychoactive strain of cannabis. He had large fields of hemp on his plantation, which were mainly used for fiber production, i.e. Mm. paper, rope, clothes, yeah, bags, yeah, etc. Hemp can be used for a lot of things. It's not a very always just... versatile plant. It is. The beer that was being drunk by most of the casts was actually real beer, except for people who were minors, allegedly. Jason London, however, refused to drink on set and was trying to stop smoking as well. And this is back, so this, I mean, this is made in the 90s. So this is back when, when you were smoking. A lot of times you were smoking real cigarettes. But nowadays in a lot of movies, when you're smoking. They got the, they got the fake ones. They got the fake ones, but it looks like a real cigarette. Yep. <laughs> the word man is said 233 times in this movie, which is ridiculous. That's a crazy amount of, of man's, man's. A lot of man's, man. 200, 203 times. All of the wooden paddles were actually custom designed by the cast members. What a cool thing. Like, I, I always think about what, are, what do people take home from movies that they make, especially ones that like, they're super proud of. It would be pretty awesome to have your own paddle. I hope Ben Affleck has the FAQ paddle. Yeah, I, hope he's, I hope he's got that one and also like the one they snapped in half. As well. yeah, too. That would be a good one, too. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, while filming in Texas, Mia Jovovich, who played Michelle, and Sean Andrews, who pa- played Kevin Pickford, eloped to Vegas and got married. However, Jovovich was actually only 16 or 17 years old at the time. Hmm. Not so good. And apparently Pickford, so uh, the movie, think about this. Pickford's a main character in the first half of the movie and then just disappears. Like, you don't see him again. No. And, and I've, I've read that the reason why is that, that Andrews and Jovovich had their own little thing going on the whole time and kind of like alienated themselves with the rest of the cast. <clears throat> and as a result, um, Linklater basically wrote him out of the movie. Like they didn't like him. So like, we'll just take that character out. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Cause I mean, cause you saw, you saw them both when she was playing that song and they were talking about aliens and George Washington and then, Pickford's in the, like he's one of the people that climbed the moon tower. You better watch your step, Junior. And yeah. that was pretty much it. I think that he was actually supposed to be on the fifty yard line in place of Ma- in place of Matthew McConaughey's. He was supposed to be Matthew McConaughey's character, but they changed yeah. that up. Hmm. Slater, played by Rory Cochran, wore a long hair wig in the whole movie. It looks pretty real. I think it does, it does look. <laughs> it does look pretty real. Yeah. And then Richard Linklater, who wrote, produced, directed it, uh, he did that with the intent of essentially creating an inverse John Hughes movie. Yeah, I think I think what's great about I mean, there's there's so many great things about the Days Confused movie, but I think it's different than Can't Hardly Wait because I feel like Can't Hardly Wait. Oh, I guess they're kind of one and the same. Can't Hardly Wait during this party they all all of their groups kind of mesh and all of a sudden doesn't matter if you're the nerd or you're the jock or whatever we're all kind of friends now whereas Daisy confused actually does kind of the opposite of that where not the opposite but it shows that all of these groups all kind of interconnect anyway it doesn't matter if you're the nerd or the jock or the athlete whatever they all kind of like share similar interests and they're all just kind of in this together right well, yeah, and they kind of shared like similar people. So, like Pink is friends with <clears throat> with Cynthia with 
Cynthia and Mike and then but he's also friend like and again he's kind of the center because he's the kind of the glue because he's got the jocks right. he's got Wooderson he's got Slater he's got you know kind of the this you know not necessarily the social outcast but kind of them and he and he's kind of the one that brings Mitch into the group too yeah and they're at the party and it just seems like they're all even throughout the movie they're all kind of intermingling and they're changing cars and they're just kind of you know kind of going about their nightlife the day with one another in different circumstances it's just it's a, it's a different kind of way to perspective of like way high school can be where Absolutely. like i said like canley wade is like it's very segregated until until they're all drinking together well yeah all right favorite quotes a lot of these we've already said so we won't repeat them but we need to mention a couple of the ones that we haven't said yet from can hardly wait the, the part where he's He's out there looking at the stars, and this is Lickner. And he says, you see the salt in this pretzel? Look at the stars. Some people, they say the stars are billions and billions of tons of hot gas. But I think maybe it's just God's salt. And God's just waiting to eat us. <laughs> he's sitting there with the stoners. That I, freaking... And the stoners are totally just like, yeah, he's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, want, you want to go next? Well, we kind of talked about that one already. Yeah, do the next one. Do the next one. So uh, this one, this is this is your introduction to Kenny, <laughs> yeah, which is ridiculous. And he he the, the first line he says is, "Yo, I gotta have sex tonight." And then it does a little flash, and he's picture me rolling and whatever. He said, "I mean, peep this." They said there are say here there ninety two percent of honeys at UCLA are sexually active, and he's reading a Playboy magazine, by the way. <laughs> You got 92% of women in Los Angeles at UCLA walking around class or sex. What should I do? And this is something that I always say all the time. 92%, yo. <laughs> hey, you know what I mean? It means that I got a 92% chance of embarrassing myself. I'll roll up on that short and be like, yo, what's up? She'd be like, you don't, you don't know 20 different ways to make me call you Big Papa? Because I don't, yo. And his friend goes, rest in peace. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> Just a ridiculous... Uh ridiculous intro to a character but it but again true to the movie like you instantly know who this person is after two minutes after him saying that one line you know exactly who he is and what he's about and everything yeah yeah and honestly most of these quotes are from lickner or from from seth green <laughs> from kenny why y'all gotta waste my flavor damn damn <laughs> another one and he says i better but double bag it i don't know where that girl been Ugh. All right, what about trips? Trip. Give us trips, yeah. The, the, the sage-like advice, stay with her. It's the best advice I can give you. Oh, that and bring rubber flip-flops for the shower. I got warts all over my feet. <laughs> and for those of you going to college soon and you don't have your own bathroom, which I don't know if there's even such a thing as community bathrooms at college anymore because I think everybody lives in suites now, but definitely take flip-flops. Where are those flip-flops? I love the the scene where where he gets pulled the Lickner gets pulled into the bathroom or the closet and then the other girls go do those two girls just go to make out room with William Lickner and then you think they're gonna be like oh that's gross and he goes so lucky, lucky. <laughs> yeah, like how he started the movie to to now all of a sudden now he's like the most popular guy at this party which right. is great um and then the one from Jenna Elfman's character the angel you know there is fate but it only takes you so far because once you're there, it's up to you to make it happen. And that kind yeah. of, you know, 
turn Preston around to say, no, I can't run away from this. I got to like, I, I like, I got to, I got to do something about this. So if I'm picking my favorite quote, I, I'm still going same thing with the favorite scene. And maybe that's a cop out, but I, I, I think his whole montage about the diorama and the eighth grade project, that's my favorite quote as well. Favorite scene, favorite quote. And I'm going to have to go with Kenny's, the one that I just did. <laughs> yeah. Um, which, you know, if you can't tell, I've seen this movie a few times and I've probably <laughs> said that quote a few times too, because mm-hmm. I don't even know if I needed to read it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Days of Confused. I mean, obviously start off, all right, all right, all right. And then fixing to be a lot better, man. <laughs> like those after, are After Slater just takes drugs. Again, yes. five minutes into the movie. <clears throat> you know just doing that and then again the the classic line and this is where you see renee zellweger for a second it's what i love about those high school girls man i get older they stay the same age yeah wooderson also starts this next quote such a good same man same man you got a joint mitch says no not on me man wooderson be a lot cooler if you did that's that's a that's a quote that i say a lot be a lot cooler if you did. I don't, just for random, random circumstances. Again, more. Uh, again, I think w- these quotes are probably dominated by Wooderson and Slater. <laughs> yeah. And probably something too. Man, it's the same bullshit they try to pull in my day. If it ain't that piece of paper, there's some other choice they're going to try to make you make for you. You just got to do what Randall Pink Floyd wants to do, man. Let me tell you this. The older you get, the more rules they're going to try to get you to follow. You just got to keep living, man. L-I-V-I-N. L-I-V-I-N. This is a good one, too. And this is from, who says this one? Pink. It's, all I'm saying is that I ever start referring to these as the best years of my life. Remind me to kill myself. <laughs> and then this is Mike when he gets pissed off at Clint. Um, and Mike says, don't air, don't worry, don't air raid for that bitch. I hate that shit. It's like that Clint fucker in, in front with all his friends, huh? Huh, motherfucker? And then Tony steps and says, "All right, okay, Mike." And then Mike says, "Dominant male monkey motherfucker." That's another what? line that I use a lot. Yeah, and it's so funny. He's got the, he's got this whole plan of picking a fight and how it will he's be broken up before he hit gets him hit. once. Play <laughs> defense. Usually, there's just this natural. You know, you don't want to upset the herd. So I just got to play yeah. defense and let everybody, like, people just come in and break it up. Well, it doesn't yeah. really work that way, but whatever. Didn't, didn't, didn't work that way at all. Yeah, he got beat up a little bit. Behind every good man, there is a woman. And that woman was Martha Washington, man. And every day, George would come home. She would have a big, fat bull waiting for him, man. When he come in the door, man, she was a hip, hip lady. Slater. This is a, and this is one at the beginning of the film, and this is actually a teacher saying this. Okay, guys, one more thing. This summer when you're being inundated with all this American Bicentennial Fourth of July brouhaha, don't forget what you're celebrating. And that's, that's the fact that a bunch of rich, a rich slave-owning aristocratic white males didn't want to pay their taxes. And it's an interesting take. And if you know anything about history, it's what she's saying is not incorrect. It's not incorrect. And it also... Speaking of timely, as far as what's going on in our world today, it's still kind of, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here, which is pretty it great. It's true, and it's still relevant, for sure. Yeah. I call it the every other decade theory. The 50s were boring. The 60s rock. The 70s, my God, they obviously suck. So maybe the 80s will be like radical. I figure we'll be in our 20s, and hey, it can't get any worse. 
yeah. And then some here's some some of the some of the gems from from Parker Posey, Darla. What are you looking at? Wipe that face off your head, bitch. <laughs> and then uh, lick me, all of you. <laughs> yeah. And then we get back to to the fight. I only came here to do two things. Kick some ass and drink some beer. Looks like we're almost out of beer. I think that's a pretty iconic line also. I think that's one that most people know from this film. Totally. Absolutely. And then, again, more Slater. Talking about the Moon Tower. This place used to be off limits, man, because some drunk freshman fell off. He went right down the middle, spanking his head on every beam, man. Here it doesn't hurt after the first couple. Autopsy said he had one beer. How many did you have? Four. You're dead, man. You're so dead. Look at the blood stains right there. <laughs> uh, again, we already we already quoted, but the, the whole the whole part of him of 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 of, pool. of him playing pool with Affleck. It, it, there's a lot of different quotes in there, and then he says, "Hope you got more than a jock strap under there, you little rat." <laughs> and, and, right and actually, when about to get Mitch. Yeah, I was gonna say that might not actually be Ben Affleck. That might be. Um, Rory or something like that. Benny, 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 Benny. Thank you. That whole thing that they're, they're taunting. That's a, again, that's another thing that's crazy. They're just taunting these kids playing baseball, and everyone's just like totally fine with it. Waiting for him in the parking lot, about to kick their ass, beat him with paddles. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, and he'll look over him. They'll be like, "What? You want something? You know, pay yeah. attention because he's on the mound pitching. He's like, no, pay attention. Get your head in the game." <sighs> So my favorite quote from this one, it's got to be wipe that face off your head, bitch. (laughs) That's a a, a really good one. It's just so simple. And I don't know if clever is the right word, but I think it's clever. (laughs) It's just, I mean, it's, it's true. No. Um, And honestly, like if I'm going to, like, there's so many, there are so many good quotes and it's, pretty ridiculous i'm gonna have to go with moon, the moon tower like just that that back and forth and just and even even before that when they start talking about like when pickford's up there he's like you better watch your step junior and he like leans back and pretends to fall even though he's not falling and then continuing when they get up there and they start talking about that that's just that's i, I like that scene a lot scene stiller next category scene stealer from can't hardly wait we, i got we got william or kenny I'm going William. I'm going William too. It's yeah. gotta be. I mean, again, Kenny, there's a lot of great lines that he, that he says, but I think William definitely. He drives the film. Days of Confused. We got Wooderson, Slater, and Darla. I mean, it's gotta be Wooderson. They changed, they rewrote the movie because he's such a scene stealer. Yeah. Originally he wasn't supposed to have such a big part. Right. But then, yeah, but, but it's, it's, it's hard because they all three are such like any scene that they're like Parker Posey's character pretty much dominates anything that she's in, even if it's small Slater, the same way, even if he's not saying something. So it's just, just watching his mannerisms. It's just like you, you're kind of drawn <laughs> to it because he's just yeah. such a, he's such a pothead. He does do a lot of physical and even facial acting. If you watch it again, Slater is pretty, it's very believable that he is completely stoned the entire, the entire movie. Yeah. If you, if you were to tell me he was really stoned in real life, that would make, that would actually make more sense because he does such a good job of it. I would totally believe that too. Yeah. 
All right, so we're saying we're saying worse in, but we also think the other two are pretty good. Yeah. Impact nostalgia. So there's definitely some things to think about here. First of all, can't hardly wait. I think for me, the bios is what I remember the most. And and I actually put that, I wrote down the quotes. We already mentioned a couple of them, but one was beware of all enterprises that require new clothes. And that's by Thoreau. We got a true friend stabs in the back, Oscar Wilde, just win baby by Al Davis. Davis. And that's, that's obviously, that's what I meant. Oh, it is. You're right. Stabs in the front. Um, Al Davis. That's, that's Mike Dexter's obviously. Just win baby. By the way, the Thoreau one was Preston's. All great spirits have encountered violent opposition for mediocre minds. That's obviously Lickner, of course. Einstein. Yep. We already saw. We already said. Picture me rolling from Tupac, Kenny, and I'd rather see the world from another angle by Jewel, and that is Amanda. Those, and I think those, those, are, those really encapsulate the characters pretty well. Yeah. Something else impactful for me, I'd never even heard of Barry Manilow before this movie. <laughs> Maybe. That's surprising. I, I don't know. I just never heard of him before. And I'm not sure I've heard a lot of him afterwards since then. <laughs> but I do know the song Mandy. I was really into yearbook signing. Were you? I mean... I pulled out I my yearbook the other day it after depends, the, after it depends what, on your definition of into like would I would I you know want to get people's signatures sure but like would I be Melissa Joan well, Hart trying to get all the seniors to sign my no okay. absolutely not okay oh well, I wasn't that into it but what I'm saying is I look forward to yearbook picture signing day and it's sad that don't people don't do that anymore for me I, I think that it's sad. sad I went through it the other day and I've got my yearbooks from like sixth grade and I got a bunch of signatures in there you're in there you signed it. <laughs> I probably did. I have all my high school yearbooks too. I know. So this has actually been happening a lot recently too. And I think it's interesting. This, you know, this movie made, like really made me think about like a lot of my friends from grade school and reminiscing and how close we used to be. And how a lot of them, how a lot of my friends we still are. And like those high school relationships that kind of come and go. I don't know. It's, it's a very nostalgic movie. And honestly, I will say, especially since it's set, kind of in the time period not not kind of it's the exact same time period of us graduating high school which is what makes yeah, it very this nostalgic came out when we were, i mean this came out when we were juniors right seniors like when they come yeah. out 90 yeah 98 so, 98 yeah it came out when we were seniors or either so depending on when but so yeah i mean yeah it's, it's our time period and going back to the yearbooks i think like just talking about but it kind of bleeds into high school relationships and everything else there was also something about like getting the yearbook signed by like a girl that you liked or maybe you had a crush on and you know signing hers and then maybe like you never knew what she was gonna write maybe she would write hey maybe we should like hey call me sometime and blah 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 and like and then all of a sudden something would like that was a real possibility of of that happening of all of a sudden you know the relationship starting from her signing your yearbook I can't recall of any instance where it actually did happen, but it was. Oh, oh I've got a couple. Exactly. I won't, I what, won't share them though. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like that was why you're getting like getting that yearbook because it was it was your chance to write something very, you know, either you know, kind of whatever or something very personal. And then you know they would hopefully read it later, and then maybe something happens from it. Who knows? Impact nostalgia for Daisy Confused. A lot of careers started because of this movie. 
Oh, there were plenty of very, very large careers when it was launched. Um, and I don't even want to say, I mean, okay, McConaughey was launched. Affleck, he was already kind of going. I mean, he was in like Voyage of the Mimi. I remember watching that when we were in middle school, when he's like a middle school kid. So this didn't exactly launch him, but it certainly helped further his career. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, I mean, we, we talked about the cast of like Parker Posey, Mia Jovovich, Anthony, like a lot of young up and coming actors were in this and just, you know, just kind of helped them along the way. Uh, yeah. For me, it was fear of, I remember seeing this movie yeah. and we were in seventh grade and like thinking, Oh my God, is this what, is this what high school is going to be like? Like, am I going to get paddled like the first, like this summer or the first day or like, when's this going to, is this going to happen to us? I asked my mom who worked at our high school at the time, do seniors paddle incoming freshmen? And she's like, I don't think so, but maybe (laughs) I was like, Oh, (laughs) she's like, I'm not everywhere. I don't know. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. And then, you know, I I mentioned it earlier, just missing that last day of school feeling that, that just elation of, getting through the school year and then having some, having a few months off and you kind of get to still feel it a little bit. I still get it. I don't, I don't empty my locker. I don't empty my locker and run through the hallways like a crazy person, but there is certainly a level, there is a level of elation of super excitement at the end of the school year. Absolutely. So I don't, I don't, I haven't, I don't get that feeling anymore. So like I see movies like this and even, you know, can't hardly wait. And I just makes you think about the good old days. And then, just also seeing it for what it is and that it's just, it's a, it's a story, but like it's a coming of age story about a, a torch being passed from one generation to the next. Cause that's, that's kind of the core of the movie is that they're, you know, yeah, Mitch is getting his ass kicked and his friends are getting his ass kicked, but all those guys also recognize and see that like, he's going to be, he's going to be the cool kid in three years. They will, they will continue this on. This is how tradition, these are, this is how traditions happen and are continued. Until lawsuits start getting filed. Right. Until that happens. Until we get into, right, tort law. Lessons learned. A lot of lessons. Can't hardly wait. First of all, what you do in high school does not dictate who you are as a person. That's Mm -hmm. really important. Not to get too deep, but it's true. Even though, I, I thought, even though, you know, there are, you know, we've had reunions and been, it's interesting. You can get into rooms with people and you haven't seen them in decades or years. And that relationship is still there. It's weird that those, 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 especially those grade school relationships or when you, when you form a bond during like trying time, you just always have that connection, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah. And then of course, you know, can't hardly wait. We got the true love and seizing the moment and all that good stuff. Good lessons there. Yes. Um, and Days of Confused, obviously a different type of film. Um, there are a couple of references where you have to enjoy the present. Like there's there's more than one reference of like referencing the like wanting to get to the future and like you know you shouldn't write off the present the present as this you know insignificant time period until you get to something better. Like we need to be enjoying what we have right now, and then also you know again the 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 moral issue that pink is running into of standing, standing up for what you believe in yeah, and, and damning the consequences of, you know, I'll accept the consequences for what they are. Maybe, you know, if it means he doesn't play football, he doesn't play football, but he's not going to sign that piece of paper. 
he's not going to give in to them because it's not what he believes in. Yeah, true, true sign of integrity there. Mm-hmm. Okay, inner thoughts. I had some questions as I was going through these, these movies. And I'm, I'm going to just ask these questions and we can talk about it. First of all, I can't hardly wait. I just want to know, why didn't William get an X-File t-shirt? I, just, I, was, I felt bad for him watching it. His two buddies have it. And he, he just got this Charlie Ooh, Brown striped shirt. Yeah, whatever it was. Why, why are the girls so obsessed with, is Gwyneth Paltrow at that time like the, the number one actress in the world? Maybe she was just coming, like, starting out. Or she was the new It girl or whatever. I don't know. But, yeah, there's I, more than one reference to. Yeah. I mean. She not, she's not as good as Gwen. She is no Gwyneth. Is you no are Gwyneth. totally Gwyneth, but even prettier. It's just Way like, bigger this whole boobs. thing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I, I'm, next time you watch this, take a look at the background extras. Man, they are old looking. I don't know who cast these people, but they, they were not going for 18 to 25-year-olds. There are some grown-ass men and women as extras in the background there. What about that creepy cousin? Like, what, what, are, what are family reunions and, and dinner, dinners like moving forward after the creepy cousin hits on Amanda? I think they're a little bit... I think they're a little awkward. I'm just saying awkward. Awkward to say the least. And hopefully the what? parents don't find out because that'll make it even more awkward. This isn't necessarily a question you can't be answered. You may even come up with the answer. What, what are Dexter and William actually arrested for? What's the charge? Disorderly conduct? I mean, they're passed out. They were drinking so it was, at a high school party, so they're, they're, they're just assuming but, that it's, um, you know. I was going to say, do we know that they're, do we know that they're, I mean, they're, they're asleep. Can you breathalyze someone when they're asleep? I guess you probably could. Maybe right, like lewd. What is it called? Lewd maybe and like lascivious. Lewd and lascivious behavior. I, I guess that could maybe be it. Yeah, because they were like, you know, half naked, in an in a in an embrace. And if so, uh, so that maybe is one thing. But if you're doing the breathalyzer, wouldn't you also? Isn't there some type of test that shows that they were also? Like drugged, <laughs> they're basically drugged. That they were drugged. That they were. That they have chloroform in their system. Yes, yeah, right. somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. Here, here, here's a. I mean, I, I thought about this question: Who bails out Mike Dexter? Because someone he had to bail out William, so someone had to bail out Dexter. It wasn't like he was just released, right? Or is like, a, is there a cop friend that gets Dexter out and then he says, "I'll bail out Lichter too"? You know what I mean, like. Either Lickner gets released free like Dexter was, or someone had to bail out Dexter. And who does that? Dad? Mom? Just curious. <laughs> we'll never know. How long do you think Kenny and Denise are together after the movie? Not, not long. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they, they break up and then they get back together, but th- that cycle probably continues until they realize enough is enough. Yeah. How long are Preston and Amanda together? How long do you think they're together? I think they're like together forever. I think they get married, have a bunch of kids, move to like the countryside, write books. That's what he's I'm thinking. Author. He's an author and she, I don't know. She does something really cool she, too. She, she opens like her, she opens her own like boutique, her own boutique, her own clothing and like something boutique. Absolutely. She seems like a fashion trendsetter. Totally. <laughs> All right. Days of Confused. Yeah, totally. What about... 
What about Days some questions confused. for Days and Confused? Uh, so does he play football his senior year? I think he does. I think he comes back in the fall and he says, hey, I want to play coach. And coach says, you're right. You're the best quarterback. We're going to let you play. No, I, yeah, well, and I think he, he plays without having to sign. Like he basically calls the coach's bluff. He said, yeah. you really, you really going to bench me? Yeah. And, um, and the, again, this is where, where they're in Texas. They're like the footballs. They want to win. So he's playing. Yeah. Um, so just some fallout, like does like obeying it? Like, yeah, they pour paint on him, but he's still in school. Like, so what happens? Like he, he obviously remembers and knows who poured the paint on him. So does he just make their life a living hell for the rest of the summer and the entire school year? But I think the answer, the answer is definitely yes. (laughs) He's not going to, he's not the type of guy who's going to forget and he's bigger than all of them. So what are they going to do? He's relentless, but eventually like five to 10 years down the road, they're big enough and they just pick, kick the shit out of him at some point. Cause you know, he's still living in town. He's not going anywhere. Oh, he's totally. work, he's, he's working. At he's working station. at, he's working at the gas station, right? Or he's working for the city like Wooderson. The same one Dexter is working at. Yeah. And he gets his shit kicked out of him. So again, kind of on the same lines of, of can't hardly wait. Like what happens to all the couples in the movie? So you had, you had Wooderson and Cynthia that's a that's a weird relationship there because she's like only 17 and he's i don't know i don't even know how old he is it, it does it does make it sound like 20s. i was gonna say i don't think he's that much older because it does make him sound like he played on the same football team with with uh one of the pink, cops with pink though well no he played on the same football team with one of the cops maybe i'm thinking he's like 20 i, I i'm thinking he's like 23 do you think even older? Maybe yeah. older. I mean, he looks like he's 28, but. <laughs> yeah. But then you've got um, Mitch and Julie. So they hook up for the first time in this, in this part. Was that just a one-time thing? Do they start dating? I think they're together like freshman year. And then Mitch, and Mitch gets good at that. sports and eventually dabbles elsewhere. Yeah. Fun, a fun fact that we should, we should have mentioned this about Mitch. The actor was so bad. Watch him play baseball. Watch that scene again. He is so you, – you can tell he's just terribly – he's a terrible athlete. <laughs> there's, a, there's a reason why he's a game designer now. Yes, there's a lot of cut scenes. You don't really see him doing a lot of the athletic things. It's a lot of movie magic to make it look like he's throwing, but it's not him throwing the ball. He's bad. Sorry. No, there's, and there's, there's plenty of things that they can do with, with movie magic. Uh, so quick, quick tangent, uh, the hustler, which is a black and white movie with Jackie Gleason and Paul Newman, the prequel to the color of money. Paul Newman didn't even know how to hold a pool cue. Yeah. And but I Jackie feel like Gleason got so good that he started that he kind of, that he turned pro after the movie because he got so good at pool. So like every, like they'd see him, you'd see him bend down and then they would go to another shot. That'd be someone else's hand, someone actually doing the shot. So there's plenty of things that they, and that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, res- I respect the actors that are in movies and they're like, you know what? I'm supposed to be a XYZ. I'm, I'm supposed to like Tom Cruise. I'm supposed to be a NASCAR driver. I'm going to learn how to drive a freaking NASCAR yeah. car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good and, and good Paul for them. And he learned. And same thing with, so side note again, Slapshot, Paul Newman can skate. And that's one of the yeah. reasons why he was cast in the movie because he could genuinely skate and they had to get guys that could skate for that movie. Well, I'm just saying Mitch should have maybe taken some lessons and learned how to throw the ball a little better. That's all I'm saying. All right, continue. Forward. Anyways, Tony and Sabrina. Senior and a freshman. Mm, no, nah, it doesn't last very long. No. 
and then Pink and well, what happens with Pink? Like he's dating Simone, but then he made out with Jody at the party. But then I think that he's he, in the car with Simone going to Houston to get tickets at the end of the movie. So like, I think he's with Simone for the rest of the summer, and then when the fall starts, him and Jody hook hook up a little bit. They, they have a little relationship, and, that, and it becomes like a real serious, like best couple type relationship. I agree with that. Uh, a couple other thoughts. Do they actually get the tickets? sold out are they going in time i think they get them i you know what i I, they even if they don't get them they somehow get into the concert (laughs) or 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 they're throwing one hell of a tailgate in the parking lot of the stadium and they just listen they're definitely on the premise when the concert's going on for sure so do we we only saw one night do mitch and his friends spend the rest of the summer getting their ass kicked by all the other seniors yeah probably Probably be like? Li- living in fear for the whole summer. <laughs> yeah, I mean that was just the one time. Uh, does Does Wooderson actually end up in jail eventually for <laughs> doing God knows what? Probably, probably. Yeah, some parent gets pissed off, and then you know, again, does Darla make Sabrina's life a living hell? Like she said she would her entire I, freshman year. I think she. I think she's already forgotten about that. I think she's blacked out, drunk at that point. <laughs> And she does not remember that incident. And I, and I guarantee you that same interaction she had with her, she has 20 more times either that night or definitely that summer with other various classmates of hers. And she doesn't remember any of them. Mm-hmm. This, is what Dar- this is what Darla does. She, she picks on kids. She's pretty tough. Then she just gets wasted drunk and people just watch her do stupid things. And she picks fights again as drunk doesn't remember them. That's my, that's, that's, that's my take pattern. so overall winner overall winner i i think we gotta go this is, this is tough because of nostalgia wise with can't really wait but i think days confused has more i think with the music i think with even i mean i hate to say critically acclaimed but it, i think it's just a better full movie can't really wait it's pretty darn good though but I, i'm going days confused what are you, what are you saying <laughs> And I'm, I will also go Dazed and Confused, knowing full well that you know, it, it's, it's hard to compare. The, yes, it's hard to compare these two movies. Yes, they do both happen on the first day, but they're also two very different films. Like, there's a, the central themes to these are very different. Like, one's right. a love story, and one's kind of a moral, like, like it's a coming-of-age tale with some moral crisis in it and just a lot of, you know, drugs and alcohol, basically. I think Days and Confused is deeper. It's got a, it's a better storyline, and I think it's more well done music-wise as well. But I think yeah. that Can't Hardly Wait is, is really fun. And I think and Can't Hardly Wait is underrated. I think it's yeah, it lost it, in the it, shuffle with all the other movies that, come, that came out very similar style, like the high school comedies and young comedies or whatever of the, of the 90s that we got inundated with. Right. Um, I think it's silly, too, and I doesn't take itself super seriously it doesn't try to make this super deep meaningful end or like have characters not get together it's just it's just but that's why it works and that's why and exactly why it works i think think it's actually you could argue it's a more rewatchable type movie but dazed and confused is probably just a better overall quality film that's what i'm saying i agree all right so for sake of time we did forget some movies and we're not going to tell you about what they all are. We're just going to give you the titles. We did a real quick search on like, what are the best last day of school films? Some of these I've seen, some of them I haven't. I don't know. So if you have any other ones, 
and again, just to reiterate, these are just the movies that are just about the last day of school. If we had done graduation, et cetera. Or like high school movies. Oh my God, that would have taken it would be endless. forever. And some of these movies that we left off, the reason why we did is that they're not the last day only. High School Musical 2, After Dark, a goofy movie is actually on this. Uh, Book Smart. Oh, and then one that almost made the cut because it's, it's a great movie, Super Bad. Yeah. That's very close. Billy Madison, not last day of school, but through school. There's actually a series of last days. Of, well, it's last days of the great because he graduates every two weeks. Legally yeah. Blonde. Lady Bird is a relatively new one. Came out in 2017. She's all that. Speaking of 90s movies that were. This is one of those that came out of the. And then I Love You, Beth Cooper. Probably a lot of other ones we left off. And if we did, please let us know. Tag us on the socials, email us, and we will mention them at the start of the next episode. So that's it. That's it. Good job. Best last day of school films. Days of Confused, Can't Hardly Wait, Tough Call. Both are great. If you haven't seen either of them, do so immediately. Yes, and then, and then, re- and then re-listen to this because then you'll know what we were talking about. Yep, 100%. <laughs> so thank you. Who do you, who do you want to thank? I want to thank my wife for leaving today to go play a volleyball tournament. So... It's nice. She's doing her thing with her friends and, and I'm doing my thing with my friend and being able to relax. And that's good. So thank you. That's, that's very nice. Thanks. I, well, you know, I, 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 my, my thank yous are not as sentimental as others might be, but I, I genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for leaving. I don't have a, I don't have a, a thank you, but I do have a congratulations. So two of our good friends, well, it's one of Megan's um, good friends, the, the baby shower that we threw. Or that we had the pineapple. Becca had her baby yesterday. So congratulations to Becca and Mike on the birth of their baby girl. Nice work. Pineapple baby. Pineapple baby. <laughs> pineapple baby. And hold on, let me uh, Giovanna Noel. What's her name? I like Sorry. pineapple baby better. But yeah, congratulations, congratulations, Becca and Mike. If you want to connect with us. Send us any show, show suggestions, Nerd is a New Cool Podcast at gmail.com. Like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Nerd is the New Cool Podcast. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Nerd is the New CO2. And our next episode, another one that I'm excited for. We're going to have to do some research. We're going to compare the best parody movie. Man, if you want to send us in some suggestions of movies we could choose for that one parodies are fantastic and i i can't even wrap my head around how we're going to narrow this this guy down they are a plentiful there are a lot of good we we may have to cut some off the list just because i don't know if we can talk about them on air (laughs) because some of them are so i'm not sure they've aged well or they're very inappropriate or they're just ridiculous are you referring to blazing saddles i mean that could be one (laughs) there's some other ones as well but we'll get to that next time that should be a lot of fun well everybody thanks again for listening in and until uh till next time check out those nerd bites and uh look forward to some parody movies stay safe out there everybody all right everybody see you later bye-bye